The Shooters Podcast has reloaded and is back on the air. Sharing shooting information, facts, and opinions of the shooting sports, the shooting industry, and shooting news. I'm your host. My name is Rick. Welcome to the Shooters Podcast. And this episode of the Shooters Podcast is from December of 2015. It's where I discuss terrorism and concealed carry. I make mention of our lieutenant governor at the time. He is now our current governor in California. And he is currently facing a recall effort, a very strong recall effort, because as a governor he is failing miserably. Uh, In that podcast, I mentioned they were going to attempt to pass an ammo ban to ban all mail-order shipping of ammunition into California. It took them two years of trying on the ballots. However, they got it passed. It's currently under a strong legal challenge because the system is even preventing most police officers from purchasing ammo, and it is failing miserably. And California in general, is failing miserably, and people are fleeing from the state in record numbers to other uh, states we consider free America. But a lot of the information I mention about situational awareness and the attitudes of concealed carry is very uh, um, basically... um, information that uh, stands the test of time situational awareness is always important walking around with your head in the clouds is usually never a good idea um you just you know make yourself a youtube uh, video of all the people walking into things and i'm sure people do um while they're just looking at their phone and they're just paying no attention to anything around them so Appreciate you uh, listening, downloading, and subscribing. And enjoy this uh, blast from the past, but um, unfortunately a lot of this stuff still occurs and it's worth discussing and learning from. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shooter's Podcast. My name's Rick Walker. Welcome to the shooting sports. A lot of interesting conversations these days. What with Colorado, San Bernardino, Phoenix, Los Angeles. Just seems like these uh, mass murderers are cropping up a little more organized and a little more often. This last one, of course, in uh, San Bernardino was uh, telling of things to come, of course. It was pretty organized, it was apparently fairly well funded, and they're still digging up more facts about that. So, we'll see as that unfolds. Unsettling, to say the least. I have had uh, numerous uh, conversations with people recently about concealed carry. Uh, Curious about what uh, gun they think would be most effective, of course. uh, It always comes down to what you feel comfortable with what you can uh, effectively use. So the conversations aren't overly long, but it comes down to what style of carry they want to use. 
and uh, whether they're going to carry it in a purse or a, a, a concealed carry jacket, which are becoming more popular, or uh, on their waistband and shoulder rig, all these different uh, choices you've got out there. Well, like I say, the conversations are usually fairly short because it comes down to what you're going to be comfortable shooting or, and using and what you feel you're effective with. I mean, everybody can carry a small semi-automatic 22 pistol very easily, but it's not the most effective firearm. I know some people who carry a 22 Magnum as their uh, concealed carry, and that's, you know, personal choice. I think that in the uh, event, if you ever needed to use your firearm to protect yourself or someone else, that a 22, uh, even a 22 Magnum, is not going to be your most effective round. I think most people can agree with that. Uh, but sometimes uh, I know that uh, I helped a gentleman sell a uh, firearm one time that was, I don't recall the exact brand of it, but it was a Colt had held 32 22 Magnum rounds in it with a double stack magazine. And uh, later I kind of kicked myself for not uh, purchasing it from him, but uh, that wasn't, you know, wasn't how things were playing out at the time. But having 32 rounds uh, available to you in a single handgun uh, was would be uh, a little more effective than an 8 or 10 shot, of course. But, again, you know, opportunities come and go. Right now, the uh, focus is on concealed carry around the country. I know that I've watched no less than a dozen videos of different sheriffs and politicians uh, from all over the United States telling people, buy a gun, get some training, carry it, and protect yourself and other people. Uh, some sheriffs admit outright they're there after the fact. They're only there once all the brasses uh, finish tingling across the ground and the bad guys are either dead or, or wandering off. They rarely ever can get to a scene, especially a scene of violence, because things happen quickly uh, before the bad guys have finished what they're going to do. And then they're either left or are uh, hiding somewhere. So they're admitting that they can't protect you uh, at least initially, if somebody walking down the street pulls out a gun and starts shooting, uh, it's the rare occasion where there's a police officer standing right there, unobserved, who can uh, take the subject out. I mean, that's the bottom line. When you've got an active shooter just randomly shooting anybody, or random, randomly shooting in the crowd, the only way to stop that person is to shoot them. Uh, the Uber driver in, I think it was Chicago, and the first question several people had for me was, how the heck did he get a concealed carry permit in Chicago? But it can happen. Even in California, it does happen. Uh, in the northern portion of the state, uh, anytime someone's a law-abiding citizen and they want concealed carry, they get it. Um, anywhere north of, uh, let's say, 50 miles north of the Bay Area or more, uh, Bay Area is still locked down pretty tight and just draconian in the way they handle their laws. I mean, to, to put things in perspective, if you're a citizen of San Francisco, you can't carry a handgun. But if you're a concealed carry permit holder, 
from outside of San Francisco and you don't live in the city, you can carry your handgun and they'll honor your CCW. It's um, it's a little idiotic in that regard that the citizens who live in a, in a very large city with a, with a high crime rate can't carry, but anybody who lives outside that city and wants to come into the city certainly can carry. So, but these politicians and... Uh, and these sheriffs getting on the air and saying, get a gun, get some training, carry it, you know, protect yourselves. Um, that That's big. That's something that hasn't occurred before. Occasionally a sheriff will put out an op-ed piece in a local paper saying, I know I've seen a couple of them that said basically, we're shorthanded. This is a rural county. We can't get, be everywhere. We certainly can't get to you that quickly. If you want a CCW, we will give you one. You know, and you'll take your little test, you'll take your course, um, and you can uh, carry a gun. So, for some people, it's just second nature. I mean, I've been carrying for over 30 years. It's just what you do. It's not the big, exciting thing. It's not the, the um, ooh, look what I can do. It's just, well, I'm leaving the house, I'm taking my gun with me. I'm you know, going somewhere, my gun's with me. Like I say, it just becomes uh, an extension of what you carry. I got my wallet, got my keys, got my pocket knife, small flashlight, and my gun. So, um, but for, I know a lot of people, especially when you first start carrying, it's very, it makes you very much aware. You know, your situational awareness goes way up. You know, which um, if you've been carrying a long time, it's just natural, uh, generally. I mean, not everybody's going to do it that way. But it's just natural that you look around a little bit more. You look for a threat before it comes a threat. Or, sorry, before it becomes a threat. And it could be just um, a couple of people going car to car in a parking lot, you know, begging for money. Um, and if you keep, you basically want to be aware of them before they approach you. Because occasionally that's not what they're doing. They're looking for somebody to to rob. Um, so you just become a little bit more aware. And once you're aware of something and you... Basically, if I'm in a parking lot and people are heading my way, I'll turn around and face them directly. You know, you want to look at them in the face and see, okay, what can you tell any intent from this person's demeanor? Um, are they approaching you while looking all around to see if anybody's watching them approach you? You know, and then if, uh, you know, before they get very close, if I'm able to um, I just basically say, yeah, can I help you? And that gives, there's still some distance there between them and me. And if the answer is, yeah, I'm looking for, you know, this or that, and I say, hey, you know, it's, it's over there, or hey, I can't help you, you know, and in some places, say, hey, you need to take off, partner. And it's never gotten ugly with me. Um, I'm not, you know, small guy to begin with so um, anyways I've never been challenged when I tell someone hey you need to take off on that point so uh, but if they ignore what I'm saying and they just keep getting closer to me you know I might I might put my hand on my gun where they can't see it and be ready for something because you don't know their intent they're not responding to you they're not responding how a normal person um, even someone who's just begging in a parking lot is is acting. That is is a flag. You've got to be able to recognize this person could be a threat. You know, it's not like oh, you're gonna yank your gun out, point it out, and hey, get away from me. 
no, we're not at that point yet. But um, if you're aware and they can tell that you're aware of what's going on and you're alert, that in itself will deter a lot of people from uh, overly aggressive panhandling, we'll call it, or robbing someone sometimes. And at that point, if they reach into a pocket or pull out and start to pull something out, I'm prepared at least to unholster my gun and challenge them on it. So it's uh, basically the whole thing comes down to situational awareness. Are you walking around in condition white where you're just got your head up in the clouds and you're not paying attention to anything and you could, you know, literally you'd be mowed down in the street by an approaching car because you're not paying, paying attention. You're just in la-la land. And then there's, you know, of course, condition yellow and, and red, but most people kind of uh, who are experienced in concealed carry are always in condition yellow. They, you know, they just are more aware of their surroundings and they have a few scenarios worked out. They train with the idea of having to, you know, draw their firearm and use it. Some people say, and I hear that, or I should say I read this in the, the papers and the comments of, well, if somebody at the San Bernardino terrorist attack had had a gun, with everybody running around and screaming and terrorists shooting, that if they pulled out their gun, they're just going to shoot more innocent people, and more innocent people are going to be hurt and killed. Well, I don't believe that for a minute, because people who have a concealed firearm have trained with that firearm. They focus on the threat. They don't just pull out their gun and start blasting in every direction because someone is shooting. I know for a fact that if a person were to engage the uh, the bad guys, they would, um, you know, probably be pretty darn effective. There was a shooting in a mall just about a year and a half ago where a guy started shooting and someone else pulled out a gun, pointed it at him, and the guy immediately put his gun to his chin and killed himself. So, before he could be shot, he shot himself because he was about to meet some armed resistance and that was his plan. He wasn't going to be in a shootout. So, um, back to the Uber driver in Chicago with a CCW. Got off on a tangent there, but that happens. Um, he's at some, some uh, major social point in the city. I think it was some kind of square uh, that a lot of people hang out at. There's a crowd of people passing in front of his cab, and a person turns around, pulls out a gun, and starts shooting into the crowd. Well, that is literally a, a mass shooter starting to do his thing. This Uber driver jumps out with his gun and shoots the guy. He wounds him three times, and the guy goes down. Uh, fortunately, this guy was not effective in what he was doing. He was firing randomly, and nobody else got hit but him. So... Um, I mean, that in itself hardly made a, a speck of, uh, on the Richter scale of, uh, of news, nobody covered it but the local paper there. And of course, with the internet and with Facebook, things get spread out a heck of a lot faster and um, a lot more thoroughly than the press could do because um, people go to, go to the press to get what they're looking for, whether it's sports scores or uh, opinions or whatever, and then they leave. They don't really respond too much to advertising from the press. However, if it shows up in your Facebook or uh, an email from somebody that, hey, you know, check this out, it's usually somebody who has common interest and you go, well, whatever this is, I might be interested in. And you see some seriously uh, um, interesting things, because the people who send me stuff do have, you know, like interest. Um, 
and stuff that they send me is usually entertaining or thought-provoking and in some cases uh, just makes you mad I'm like he thanks Lloyd for sending me that because you know now I'm gonna be uh, upset all day but uh, some of the things that are going on I mean here in California we've got a lieutenant governor who is just a piece of work um, I won't get into all his other issues that he's had over his years um, but he you know during campaigns they got pictures of him with uh, gang members who've been involved in illegal firearm sales uh, and I'm sure they'll claim oh he was just some guy at a fundraiser I had and I took a picture with him well yeah you did and you had no clue or you know if you're that clueless that's one thing your handlers should know who you're who you're posing with uh, anyways um, but he, he's all excited because he wants to try and pass another ammunition law, which they've tried many, many years in a row, something like 11 years in a row, where you can't buy um, ammunition online. You can't have it shipped, mail order, like you buy it from AmmoMan.com or, or Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop. You can't buy anything and have it shipped into California. You have to go to a dealer and you have to have you have to purchase a license to buy ammunition and now this this is only a proposal this hasn't been put in place since he's wanting to get it on the ballot for next year and you would not be able to share ammunition you would not be able to uh, I want to say purchase I, I, there's a limit on how much you can purchase and you can't share it with anybody you can't give your your buddy ammunition that he didn't buy so it's a pretty, it's really silly in it in its own right. It's just ridiculous. And it would, it would harm, of course, the shooting sports industry, especially competition shooting. And, um, you know, they don't generally carry high-end competition ammunition at Walmart, Dick's Sporting Goods. There's just not a, um, there's not a lot of that on the shelf and people almost always buy that through mail order um, it's just uh, it's that means there isn't any language on the bill this is just what he's talking about so uh, gun control doesn't seem to work anywhere California has the most some of the most restrictive probably number two or th one or two in the country for restrictions on firearms and we still have these mass killings because I mean, this is a big surprise to some of those idiotic politicians. These people are criminals. Some are crazy. Some are determined criminals. They don't follow the law. If you're willing to pull out a gun and shoot somebody, I don't think you are going to be stopped by a law that says, well, you can't have more than 10 bullets in that gun. That would be illegal. Well, here's a clue. Killing people is illegal. Okay, so, I mean, I'm, I'm probably... I'm, talking to the groups preaching to the choir here most people listening know that these these politicians are out of touch with reality uh, some are just plain ignorant I mean when you're not studied up on a subject uh, you're ignorant of that subject not saying they're mentally deficient at least not all of them the issue is they don't know anything about guns or bullets or anything else or even the industry or concealed carry they just think it's a good idea that nobody has guns that would be nice if the criminals played by the same rules and all you have to do is say, eh, you know what, no, no crime can occur here and everybody follows the rules and no crime occurs. Well, that's not reality. Uh, the reality is bad people 
set to do bad things are going to do them, or at least they're going to get started doing them. It's a, it's a rare instance, but it does occur where somebody's in the right place at the right time and they stop these individuals before they get too far along. There's been a couple other uh, recent shootings where somebody did start to open, or open fire or pull out a gun and somebody else was faster on the draw than they were. And they either held them at gunpoint or shot them and ended what would have been another mass shooting. But the, the press, that doesn't fit their little guidelines of either propaganda or their agenda. They don't want anybody to know that concealed carry is pretty darn effective in the right place. If you've got someone carrying a gun in the right place, <coughs> they can put an end to a mass shooting before it becomes a mass shooting. And, you know, that's, that's just a fact. And people... I don't know where they get their life experience to not trust a law-abiding citizen. I, mean, I belong to a, a, a gun club that's got over 500 members. And you take 500 people, even if it was 500 police officers, there's going to be a few that aren't the sharpest tools in the shed. But you know what? They're not raving maniacs and they're not lunatics who grab just a gun at the gas pumps because they're frustrated with the nozzle and start shooting people around them because they got frustrated over something small. That's just not the way life happens. There's a guy shot in L.A., I think it was, yesterday or the day before, walking down the street with a gun, shooting it. I don't know if he's shooting at people or just shooting it off, but the cops got there, pointed guns at him. He refused to drop it. He actually got down on the ground, and he's still waving the gun around, and they ended up shooting him. You know, and here's people on the news two seconds later. That's just crazy. How come they had to shoot him? Well, here's a clue. He's already shown his intent to shoot the gun, his willingness to do it, and he still had it in his hand, and he's waving it around. And when cops point a gun at you, when you've got a gun, you probably should drop it because they're probably going to shoot you. And I think that was one of the quotes of the, one of the sheriffs recently in the last month was, you know, none of this is, is pretty. It's never, it's, you know, use of force is never pretty. It's always ugly and it never looks good. But if you shoot at us, we will shoot you. You know, if you point guns at us, we will shoot you. And that's, that's what had occurred in this, in this case. And so, and that sheriff there said people should be carrying guns. Law-abiding citizens should be able to protect themselves and should be, you know. And if you want a permit, come on in. We'll put you through the, the check and get you some training and give you a permit. So you don't hear a lot of that in at least, you know, south of, uh, or San Francisco or south, and a few of the you know, counties north of San Francisco either. But when you get into the more rural areas where reality sets in and they know that, yes, they uh, have some deputies on the street, but they also know that you live four miles out a dirt road or uh, way out in the middle of nowhere, and their deputies patrol by there only when they're called for, a, for an issue, the sheriff knows that if somebody comes onto your property to do harm to you or to take your things, that the only person who can ever stop them would be the homeowner or a neighbor because the deputies just aren't going to be around. I mean, that was the same, it was several, probably 10 years ago, one of the neighboring counties said, we have a hiring problem. We've only got 18 deputies for however many thousands of square miles or hundreds of square miles. He goes, we cannot protect you. If you want a concealed weapon permit, come on in and I'll give you one. 
and to this day, I think they're one of the highest uh, rated issuing uh, CCWs in the state. Basically, anybody who wants one gets one, and that's the way it should be. I mean, that's um, you should be able to have somebody. I think there should be a process for CCWs. I think it's a big responsibility, and if you've got somebody who's uh, habitual drunk, who's a criminal, who's you know a felon and such, and um, even has done a few things they shouldn't have, you know what they they should not be carrying you know a, a gun in public. They've already shown they make bad choices. But if you're just a law-abiding citizen out there and you want to protect yourself and your family and anybody else around you should something happen, you should be able to get a CCW. Because some people, I mean, literally some people in power don't trust the general public. They just don't. Uh, they wonder how they can get up and, and feed themselves throughout the day and get back home after a hard day's work and, and actually uh, survive without the politician telling them exactly what to do. Well. You know, people have been around without politicians a whole lot longer than they've been around trying to control everything. And it's, it comes down to control. They think that if uh, all the people are unarmed, they've got to, you know, now they're beholding to the politicians and the police to solve their problems for them when things become violent. Well, that's usually the case that the police come after the fact and write about it and hopefully go catch the bad guy who did it because, you know, even the police understand they're a response force. They respond. They're not proactive. They run around, uh, well, I shouldn't say they're not. Some are, but the vast majority, there's not nearly as many of them as there are criminals. And so when something bad is happening somewhere, they get a call. And by the time they get there, 99 times out of 100, the bad guy's gone. And they do an investigation to go try and find the bad guy. Well, that doesn't help you if you're laying on the ground bleeding or, or you're all beat up or... Um, or, you know, been robbed, and it's just, even just two days, three days ago, at a local shopping mall, you know, somebody was walking out of the store, someone walked up, pointed a gun at them, and took their backpack, and their stuff they had taken, you know, and just bought, and that was it, you know, and of course the bad, you know, the cops are going to go look for the guy, but uh, fortunately this guy, you know, was allowed to live by the, uh, the robber. In some cases, they're not. You know, they give me your wallet, and they give me your wallet, and they shoot him anyways because he's a witness to the crime. And, you know, maybe nobody uh, is going to catch him if there are no witnesses. So things, you know, things can get ugly with that stuff. And when you think about concealed carry, you do tend to be aware of who's around you, and you, you know, your average person can pick out what is suspicious activity this person is looking around way too much, you know, and he looks like he's just trying to catch a moment when no one else is looking before he does something. So, I mean, again, with your situational awareness, you can you can pick up on these things. Even in a store, when you see people, you know, acting suspicious, sometimes it's just somebody with their head in the clouds and don't realize what they're doing or how they're doing it, but things can escalate quickly in a, in a bad situation and the need to protect yourself or your family could come up at any moment and it's not that I am paranoid I'm not but being connected uh, with law enforcement I hear about a lot more things than ever make the paper I mean there's uh, there's some cities that change the rules on how they do reporting for burglaries so it looks like their burglary rate is low but in fact they have one of the highest burglary rates because of the way they categorize burglary. It has to fit a very narrow band. You know, in the 
in the um, uh, penal code in California, they describe burglary, entering a habitable structure with the intent to steal something or commit a uh, felony. Well, <clears throat> that's a structure. Somebody can burglarize your your uh, vehicle, and this uh, this city decides, well, that's not really burglary, so let's not categorize that. They can burglarize your garage. Well, a garage, no one really should be living in a garage, so we're not going to uh, count any of those. Outbuildings? <coughs> oh, no, that, that we that's not a burglary in our book. Well, they have probably five times the amount of burglaries um, than they actually quote on their statistics to anybody else. And so when you look at uh, the statistics, you go, well, it looks like a pretty safe city. Nobody's wandering around stealing stuff. When in fact, people are stealing stuff all day long everywhere. And uh, they can't stop it, and they're not really trying to stop it that hard. But statistically, they can show that this is a nice city where things don't get stolen very often at all. You know, that's their reality that they've created through the way they report their statistics, and they're very happy with themselves for doing it that way. And that way they don't have to hire that many more cops or address the fact that they've got, you know, drug-crazed or, you know, drug addicts running around stealing everything they can get their hands on and breaking into people's garages and houses. And even in some cases, well, if they break into the garage first, it's not a burglary. If they then continue into the house and steal stuff, well, it didn't start out as a burglary, so it's not a burglary. Um, it's all statistics. It, they they play those games, and there's and they actually hire special analysts to be able to figure this stuff out with the computers to categorize these things to make themselves look better than they are. Your average street cop would just like to go out and catch all the burglars, but even their own department statistics doesn't give you a realistic picture of where you need to be to find these things out. So. Uh, the, the politicians will look at this and go, oh my gosh, 30,000 people killed with firearms last year. And they don't know about the statistics of over 60% are suicides. You have justifiable shootings. You have uh, the, the very rare accident. And you end up with about 10 to 12,000 actual gun murders in a, in a country of 300 million. So, I mean, when you look at statistics... I mean, California has, uh, out of the 10 or 12,000 gun homicides, um, California has 1,800 gun deaths a year. So, statistically, they have far more, you know, than a lot of other states. I think New York, or no, D.C., I think, is number one, um, with like 16 shootings or 16 gun deaths per 100,000 people, whereas California is something like three or four or three and a half or something. So, um, but even California is much higher than a lot of uh, states where it's, you know, one or not even one, one and a half. Uh, so statistically, and these are just gun deaths, not st strictly just homicides, um, it's, it's all misleading in some ways uh, until you get down to the DOJ statistics and they'll even tell you that, uh, you know, a few thousand bad guys and gangs all over are shooting each other mostly. And those are the ones that, uh, you know, really pose a threat to your general public because they shoot randomly. They just, you know, come up and spray the bad guy they want to shoot, but they don't care that there's 10, 10 innocent civilians standing behind him. You know, so when they uh, do one of their drive-by shootings, um, 
you know, they're, they're very indiscriminate about who they hit as long as they can shoot towards the bad guy they're looking at. So, I'm not, I mean, even with concealed carry, if um, you happen to find yourself in between two gangs, people shooting at each other, protect yourself first, get the heck away from it. You know, you don't want to necessarily draw fire from bad guys who are shooting at bad guys. But again, that's a, that's a split second decision. Most of the time, you want to get some cover and protect yourself. So, um, I didn't even plan to have this go so much into concealed carry, but it's been the, uh, you know, dominant subject that I am driving to work this morning, and not everybody else is driving very well. Um, so I had to avoid a truck who decided to run a stop sign right in front of me there. Um, but it's it, the concealed carry and bad guys and terrorists and everything have totally dominated uh, the news and the social media and uh, even my own conversations with people that they come out. Um, I have a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people approach me asking questions. Um, there's a couple who are actually talking about different guns, and I've actually shot all the guns that they've been talking about. And I brought up some pros and cons for each one of them. And, um, you know, I'm most helpful in the, some, some advice. And it's, it's just very much, everybody's pretty much aware of what's going on. Uh, what, uh, what agencies are deciding to do to respond to it is, is a mixed bag. Um, all I can think of is uh, more, more good guys with guns can stop more bad guys with guns. I know there's started to become a, a cliche, and the first thing that the, the media or certain politicians say is, oh, no, that's not good. Uh, there's, you know, you, citizens shouldn't have the guns out there to stop these people. That's the police job, and call the police, and you know, don't, don't carry guns here, don't carry guns there, uh, when in fact, as most of you know, a law-abiding citizen with a firearm is no more dangerous than a law-abiding citizen with no firearm. It's just that they're more well-protected and they're prepared to be the sheepdog, as they say, to take care of the sheep. So, I mean, even in, I work for government, a lot of meetings and stuff that I go to, I always check the exits. I always look for, you know, because people will come into meetings shooting. I mean, I've, uh, read about it where they've come into meetings in police departments and shoot, started shooting people. So these, and it was a relative of one of the police officers. That's where they got their access, you know, to walk right in. So, you know, those things can happen anywhere. And if you look around a room and you figure out some strategy on the room, just a few seconds into the room, you know where you're going to sit and you know where you're going to go um, should something start happening. And that's the same for just about anything, whether you're in a, a movie theater, which I know the back rows are starting to fill up, that's for sure. Nobody wants to be sitting in the middle when that crazy man comes into the theater. Um, but, you know, it's all about awareness. You know, people don't uh, carry a gun so that they can just whip it out and start shooting randomly if something starts to occur. They're doing it to protect themselves. They don't want to just be a victim. I think even the NRA has a, has a course called Refuse to Be a Victim. So um, a lot of people refuse to just go quietly and go along with the program. They want to protect themselves and they want to stop the bad guys. And I think if more, I think they are occurring more, but more situations like that uh, happen. We have these events where people, the, the, the victims are shooting back that 
the criminals are going to be a little more careful or maybe they'll get into another line of work where they only uh, break into outbuildings in the middle of the night when no one's around uh, rather than try to go head to head with victims face to face because by golly a lot of criminals are being shot uh, and there I think there's going to be a lot more in the future here because people are pretty fed up um, even the you know, law enforcement's pretty fed up there's a few politicians that are pretty fed up and they're telling people get a gun get some training and carry it and if somebody starts doing something like that and shooting innocent people take your gun out and shoot them that's been exact quotes from a, a judge and a couple of politicians and a number of sheriffs they're like you know shoot these people take them out you know because if you don't basically anything could happen and the numbers could just i mean what was it at virginia tech 32 unarmed kids uh college students slaughtered um you know had one person even uh had any kind of weapon to fight back that that number could have been reduced drastically um you know anybody can pull out a gun and start shooting but if you're aware of what's going on and you see these people acting kind of squirrely ahead of time you put yourself in a much better chance of survival and even a position you might be able to stop them before they get to you or get to somebody you care about uh, with that gun. Well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, end this episode here. Uh, I think I've rambled on enough about that, but uh, stay aware of what's going on. What's going on in your own neighborhoods, your own uh, community. Um, I know the city I work in is taking Syrian refugees. I'm sure most of these people are are uh, stellar individuals who just want a better life and you know I'm not concerned about them but I am concerned about anybody who plans to do harm especially just to you know uh, random citizens because uh, whatever their issue is with either the way we live or, or what we have so um, we'll see how that develops but you take care and I'll talk to you soon That's it for this episode. Thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing to the Shooters Podcast. Please visit my website at shooterspodcast.com and read and share my shooting blog.